the Lord works when we believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit and wait for his guidance. Genesis chapter 26 verses 1 to 15 There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes and my laws. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar, and the men of the place asked about his wife, And he said, She is my sister. For he was afraid to say, She is my wife, because he thought, Lest the men of the place kill me for Rebekah, because she is beautiful to behold. Now it came to pass when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech king of the Philistines looked through a window and saw, and there was Isaac showing endearment to Rebekah his wife. When Abimelech called Isaac and said, Quite obviously she is your wife, so how could you say she is my sister? Isaac said to him, Because I said, Lest I die on account of her. And Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the people might soon have lain with your wife, and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, and they had filled them with earth. Isaac experienced a famine, so he went to the land of Gerar. In today's scripture, taken from Genesis chapter 26, we read about the account of Isaac facing a severe famine and leaving for the land of Gerar. God appeared to Isaac, who was in this dire situation, and said, Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. 
Here, Isaac was experiencing a severe famine and was planning to go through the land of Gerar en route to the land of Egypt. God then told him, don't go down that road, but to live in the land which I instruct you to live in. Dear fellow believers, what does this scripture passage mean? It means that even if you and I are facing extreme difficulties, we should remain in the land that our Lord commands us to be in. Even if a famine arises in our hearts, we become exhausted and worn out. If we trust in Jesus Christ, who has blotted out all the sins in our hearts and has made us whole, and if we truly believe in the fact that we have become the people of God and silently wait for him, then God will truly make us wealthy and he will restore us and will bless many through us. This is the truth that God wants to impart to you and me through today's scripture passage. Even though Isaac, who was facing a severe famine, attempted to go to the land of Egypt, we must have faith in and hold on to the Lord-given salvation in our hearts and quietly with godly patience look to God and wait for him when a famine comes and difficulties arise then God will certainly work and he will help us out. After this, Isaac dwelt in the land of the Philistines, the land of King Abimelech, and later he became a man of great wealth. The Bible says that this happened so that God would keep his promise that he made to Abraham, Isaac's father. God said, Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes and my laws. Genesis chapter 26 verse 5 This passage truly reveals that Abraham wholly believed in the word of God. Abraham, our father of faith, believed in the word of God exactly the way it was spoken and he obeyed and completely followed this word of God. We are able to clearly confirm through the scriptures that God approved of the faith of Abraham who believed in his word and God fulfilled his promise by blessing Abraham and his descendants. Therefore, even if circumstances become difficult for you and me, we must keep and take hold of the salvation that God has given to our hearts and patiently wait for his help. If we do this, God will surely work in us. On the other hand, if we do not look to God and go out into the world because of a famine or other difficulties, we will be led straight to our destruction. This is because even if God wants to give us blessings, he cannot do so. If God would have blessed Isaac even though he disobeyed him and dwelt in the land of Egypt, it would mean that the Almighty God gives his blessings even to a sinful world. But a just God cannot do this. And this is why God commanded Isaac to live in the land that he told him to live in instead of the land of Egypt. 
What does it spiritually mean for God to tell Isaac to remain in the land of Canaan and not to go to Egypt? It is by the word of God that you and I must lead our lives, by firmly holding on to the faith of the remission of sins which we received from God by believing in his gospel of the water and the spirit. We must lead our lives by taking hold of the fact that we have become the very people of God. Then God will certainly achieve his work through us in his proper time. We must understand this scripture passage spiritually. If we do not understand the spiritual meaning properly, then we will be bound by the law in the flesh. Therefore, we must truly comprehend and believe that if we take hold of and keep this salvation that God has provided for us and silently wait for him by faith, God will certainly bless us without a doubt. Isaac experienced a famine, so he went to Gerar. But the people there saw his beautiful wife and asked him, Who is this young woman who is with you? When he heard this, Isaac answered, She is my sister. In the scripture passage, Isaac was afraid to say, She is my wife, because he thought, Lest the men of the place kill me for Rebekah, because she is beautiful to behold. There is no sin any longer in this world because of the truth of the gospel of the water and the spirit. In some aspects, we seem to believe in Jesus in peculiar ways, not in a quiet manner as common Christians do. This is true because we say that we do not have any sin. But this is the truth. Through believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit, we do not have sin anymore. It is true that we are without sin. Of course, our sins have not been removed or vanished on their own accord, but the Lord has blotted all them out through the gospel of the water and the spirit. We believe this. And so, we tell people, by faith we are without sin. It is not right to believe in Jesus but still have sin. Many people can also say that they believe in Jesus and are without sin, but we are able to explain biblically in detail what we believe in and they can't. When Jesus Christ was baptised, all my sins were passed on to him and because he received the judgment of the cross in my sinful place, I do not have sin anymore. And we also say, Jesus bore all of your sins when he was baptised, and so you are also without sin as well. But what is the response of the people of this world when they hear what we say? They say that their faith and our faith are different and they hate us as they look on us with prejudice because of this gospel. They consider us the object of their hate as they think to themselves. They believe in Jesus but they do not believe like we do. 
This is the same as the reason why Isaac called his wife his sister. It is written, In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. John chapter 1 verse 4 to 5. If this light becomes bright in complete darkness, it is natural for the darkness to hate this light. If there is some darkness and some exposure to light, then there can be some amount of assimilation. But pure darkness that does not have any light is prone to hate the light because the light stings its pride very hard. What will happen then if we proclaim the word of salvation of our Lord, the gospel of the water and the spirit, which is a light, to these people living in this darkness? They hate this light, so they will also hate us who proclaim to them the word of light. In today's scripture, Isaac called his wife Rebekah his sister. As his father Abraham had done, he also called his wife his sister. So everyone in that region just thought that Isaac and Rebekah were from one bloodline. But it is written in the Bible that one day the king of the Philistines, as he looked through a window, saw Isaac embracing his wife Rebekah. This means that this king of this country settlement was also very interested in Rebekah. And so he called Isaac and asked Isaac why he had told people that his wife was his younger sister. He questioned and prodded him. Quite obviously she is your wife, so how could you say she is my sister? It was then that Isaac revealed the reason why he had done so, saying, Because I said, lest I die on account of her. In response to this, Abimelech said, What is this you have done to us? One of the people might soon have lain with your wife, and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. In a certain way, it does seem like this passage is telling us that the ethics and morals of that time were very good. But the word of our God does not reveal simple truths like that. Then what is it that God is trying to reveal to us here? God has written this to have us understand how he accomplishes his work. Through this scripture passage, God is opening up and showing us the hidden truths in his word to us. God is revealing that he will absolutely destroy those who do evil against the church of God. He will absolutely protect his church. In the Bible, God had this word be spoken from the mouth of King Abimelech, but actually it wasn't his words. Our Almighty God breathed his words into this King Abimelech's heart and mouth in order to address his word. The Church of God That He Loves In the Word of God, King Abimelech commands, 
He who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. And because of this command, the people of the land of Gerar would not touch Isaac or his wife or any of their children who were to be born later. What does this scripture passage mean then? It means that God protects and preserves his church in this manner. Through Abraham's wife Sarah, God showed that he loves, protects and blesses the church of God. Also, through Isaac's wife Rebekah, God is revealing this fact one more time. Rebekah, the wife of Isaac, who appears in today's scripture passage, refers to the church of God. Thus, we are able to know that today's scripture passage speaks about the church of God. Today's passage reveals that God loves his church to this extent. If someone desires to establish the church of God, this person must be a person of faith like Abraham without fail, who follows after the word of God. Only a person who truly believes in the word of God and completely follows after his word can establish God's church. Only such a person can establish God's church and also become his servant. And there must be people who have already received the remission of sins through this person in order for the church of God to be properly established. Really, Abraham and his family can be called the church of God. The church of God is a place where those who have received the remission of sins by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit gather, unite their hearts, offer worship to God and do God's work. God said that he loves, preserves and blesses this church. Today's scripture passage teaches us this. Yes, this is true. God, who loves his church, curses those who oppose his church. And so, we only need to treat those people who oppose us politely. If Satan enters into the hearts of people who oppose us and works through them and makes them hate or inflicts severe harm on the servants of God or the righteous, then God will absolutely punish them without remedy. Today's scripture passage says, He who touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. God promises to do this. This is the reason Jesus said to Peter, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 God is saying that the people of this world cannot do anything harmful to the church that he has established. Dear fellow believers, I ask that you come to recognise that God loves and protects his saints who are in his church to this extent. I ask that you believe this and, even if you are facing difficulties because of a famine in your land, you should never go to the land of Egypt. If we go to the land of Egypt, we will all be ruined immediately. 
If we do not follow God and go out into the world, everything we own will be taken from us and we will become beggars. True people of God cannot go out into this world and do well. Anyone among the people of God cannot remain God's child while living well in the world. And that is why God continually interferes or meddles with his children who are still out in the world. The interference of God is such that his children who are out in the world suffer so much hardship that they reach a stage where they cannot help but come back to his church. If one is a true child of God, then God meddles in their lives. It is said that Isaac cultivated the land which God had told him to remain in and he reaped a hundredfold that year. The Lord God blessed him and he became great, prosperous and eventually a man of great wealth. In the same way as Isaac, all people of faith become rich through God. Faith leads to blessings. Faith brings spiritual blessings and physical blessings as well. The Lord has said that there is no one who has received persecution and suffering for him who will not receive blessings both in this life and in the afterlife. A person who has lived for the Lord will receive eternal life in the afterlife and will definitely be blessed in this life as well. Abraham was blessed because he obeyed the word of God. Dear fellow believers, it is a very good thing for us to learn about genuine faith. It is written that Isaac cultivated the land where God had told him to dwell and that year he reaped a hundredfold. Isaac became great and prosperous and eventually became a man of great wealth because the Lord God blessed him. This tells us that God causes his church to multiply or grow in this manner. God clearly promised Abraham saying, And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. God made this promise to Abraham and to Isaac and Jacob also. This promise also carries the meaning that God will make the descendants of faith multiply. If you keep your hearts and your faith, all people under heaven will be blessed by you. God, in order to fulfil this promise, had Jesus Christ be born as a descendant of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And through Jesus Christ, he provided for all people under heaven to receive the blessing of salvation. Abraham obeyed the word of God and he kept the commandments and rules by faith. That is why he was blessed. Hence, you and I must also believe in God's will and promises that he desires to accomplish through us. What did God say that he would do? He said that he would make the descendants of faith to multiply to be as numerous as the stars in the sky. 
God said, all people under heaven will be blessed. Through your descendants they will be blessed. And, as he said, he will bless all people under the sky through his church. And by believing this, we must continue to press forward in the work of proclaiming the gospel. In doing this mission, we must not use human methods, but we must continue on steadily by faith of believing in the word that God has spoken. We, the righteous, are proclaiming the gospel of the righteousness of God to the entire world. God said, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And he also said, Your descendants will become as many as the stars in the heaven. This was God's plan. And through the descendants of Isaac, God exactly fulfilled this promise. The name Isaac has the meaning of laughter and it also implies obedience. Really, when we look at the passages about Isaac, we cannot find that he showed any negative responses towards the words of Abraham. When we read about the life of Isaac from the Bible, all that is mentioned about him is that he obeyed the things that his father told him to do and was eventually blessed by his obedience. Dear fellow believers, what does this word mean? It means that you and I who are proclaiming the gospel to the whole world are doing this work out of obedience to the church of God. In these last days, God is proclaiming the gospel through the church that he loves. Even now, we are proclaiming the gospel hugely in obedience to the will of God, but there is still so much work for us to do. Hence, it will take us a long time to finish all our mission work. Nigeria in West Africa is a country that is not as poor as the other African countries. No one really knows how much oil is available in that country. At one time, quite a lot of our books were sent to this country. Nevertheless, there are many countries that the gospel has not been proclaimed in yet. There are many people who have never heard the gospel of the water and the Holy Spirit. But we believe that God will definitely accomplish and fulfil this work through his church. I pray that you will not lose your faith and go to Egypt because a famine has come. If we believe that God has saved us, quietly abide in that faith, take hold of the God-given salvation with our hearts and live by faith, God will definitely accomplish his work in us. As I looked at today's scripture passage, I developed a trust in my heart that if we have the faith of believing in the righteousness of God and silently wait, no matter how difficult it is, God will definitely bless us. I pray that you will have this faith in these last times and will not use human ways or methods. 
If you resort to these ways and methods of the flesh, you will end up facing your destruction. We must only trust in God, look to him and believe him as we follow after him. Our brothers and sisters may sometimes resort to ways and methods of the flesh from time to time, but I want you to always remind yourselves in your hearts that God works through the church and not through an individual person. Yes, this is true. God does his work only through his church and accomplishes his will through this church. Even today, we are preaching the gospel of the water and the spirit to the entire world. The reason that we feel tired is because we do not remember the acts that God has done for us and we only think about the work and are driven by the work. Let's think about this once more. How much blessings has God given to us and how much work has he done within our midst? From here on out, God will work through us all the more and will provide us with many more blessings. Truly, more people will hear the genuine gospel and many more will receive the remission of sins. Right now, many people in the world are reading our spiritual growth series. Tomorrow, some of our ministry workers will go to Seoul to print the second volume on the Epistle to the Galatians. When people read these sermon books on the Epistle to the Galatians, they will draw the line clearly in terms of their faith. People may think that believing in Jesus blindly and believing in the Gospel of the Water and the Spirit are similar but by reading these books, they will come to recognise that there is a huge difference and they will come to understand that what they have believed up until now is wrong and that they are committing a great sin. I truly believe that people will come to understand this truth, saying, it is wrong to try to receive the forgiveness of sins through prayers of repentance after believing in Jesus. All my sins are truly blotted out only when I confess that there is no sin left in my heart by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. In this manner, all the people of the whole world will come to know the gospel of the water and the spirit which is the truth of salvation and will eventually stand on God's side and they also, as his workers, will proclaim the word of God, and many people will receive the remission of sins through them. Dear fellow believers, when you were just born again, did you not think that those who said blindly that they were without sin, and we the born again were similar to each other? But we are not. We are absolutely not similar to such Christian sinners. Without receiving the remission of sins through the word of God's righteousness, everyone is a sinner. It is a great sin as well for you to say that you are without sin just theoretically. And so, we must believe clearly and also clearly say, we are without sin because we believe in the pure word of God. God says that the gospel of the water and the spirit has blotted out all our sins and so we must acknowledge this and believe it. 
there is absolutely no reason for us to add something to what God has said. It does not matter if someone is very smart or full of wisdom. He or she must not try to add something to his word or remove something from it intentionally. God said that he has blotted out all our sins by the truth of the gospel of the water and the spirit and so we must just believe in his word just as it was spoken. We should examine through God's word if our sins have truly been transferred to him and after we have confirmed that the sins of the world were indeed passed on to Jesus through his baptism, that he received judgment in our stead, that he then rose again from the dead and that he has saved us, we must believe this word of God just as it was spoken. There is nothing else that we can do other than this. We have nothing else to do to accomplish our salvation. This is what faith is all about. God said, I will bless your descendants. Through your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. God said this, and this is why we believe, and it will come to pass in this way. What else is there? For example, if perhaps a famous pastor were to shout out whatever he believes, would the gospel of the water and the spirit be proclaimed and spread? A famous pastor in the United States was said to have given his last sermon impressively as he was close to his death. If he were to give such a magnificent sermon, would this genuine gospel be successfully proclaimed? No, absolutely not. Because God has blotted out all our sins through the gospel of the water and the spirit, we must steadfastly believe in this gospel and proclaim it boldly. Only in this way will the gospel be truly proclaimed. I don't know what is so confusing and difficult for people to understand about having true faith. People seem to consider having faith more difficult than it really is. Again, people seem to consider having faith more difficult than it really is. If God has given us black beans, then there is nothing more for us to do than to believe that they are black beans. Are our sins removed just because we human beings make an effort, know, take hold of, or believe in something else? No. God has eradicated all our sins through the gospel of the water and the spirit, so by believing this, our sins are actually removed. By faith, we have become God's people and have been born again by faith. This is why God works through us and accomplishes his work through us. Is there anything else that we humans can possibly do? We are human beings that die right away when we get infected by some tiny toxic germs. What is so great about us that we trust in our own strength and do not believe in the Almighty God? What I am saying is, why do people make such a fuss without knowing what the Word of God says? The perfect God works only through his church. 
Think about this. If God planned that he would do his work through the church of God, then he will do his work through his church. And if God promised that he will give his blessings through his church, then he will provide his blessings through the church. There is nothing else for us to do than to believe this. Truly, we do not have any ability or power at all. Human beings are diligent and wise only for a little while. There is a limit to man's knowledge and an end to his efforts. Is there anything that is perfect about humans? Only God is perfect. Man's will, efforts, resolutions, righteousness and good deeds are all useless in God's eyes. Fortunately, God has loved us and given salvation to us who are like this, so we simply need to be thankful and believe this in our lives. And God said that he would do his work through us, so we must believe this and do the work of God from here on out. If we lend our hands, feet, lips, heads and everything that we have to God and we are used by him, how thankful can we be for this? This is truly the way of truth. It is the precious faith that recognises the way to enter heaven. There is nothing that human beings can do by their own efforts. We are preaching the gospel throughout the whole world. We have been able to do so because God has done many works in the past and he continues to do so even now. Over 500 copies of our books are sent out every day. This is truly tremendous. There are a lot more if we were to count those that are sent out in bulk. Think about if you were to hand out 500 copies of books every day and not to just hand them out randomly, but to people who really need them, would be a job that takes an exceedingly lot of time. But even in this difficult time, we absolutely believe that from here on out, God's work will be accomplished greatly through these books, and the faith that is written about in our spiritual growth series will be engraved in the hearts of many people. Right now, among our spiritual growth series, the sermon books on the Gospel of Matthew are now being sent overseas. Of course, it might not be sufficient to read just one of the series, but people will still be awakened to the will of God more than they ever did before. Our sermon book series on the Gospel of John are being translated and the sermon books on the Epistle to the Galatians have just been completed. Soon the sermon books on the Epistle to the Ephesians will be published. This is amazing. Each time people read a book from our spiritual growth series, their discernment will be tremendously increased. I trust that these books of ours will be especially beneficial to people who have received the remission of sins. Our God of righteousness has accomplished many things and God will continue to do much work through you and me. Truly, God accomplishes his work through this church. No matter how loudly others protest the way that God works, it will be of no use. 
God said that through his church he will proclaim the gospel to the whole world, give blessings to all the nations of the earth, give blessings to believers and curse people who do not believe. And so it will absolutely come to pass, just as he said. And God also said that he will do his work through his church, that is, through you and me, and so he will surely do this. God said, In your seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And so, God has given you and me blessings through Jesus Christ, and through those of us who have this faith, many people will be blessed. Both we and other people will be blessed only through believing in the righteousness of God. No matter how difficult it is, we must continue to preach the gospel of the water and the spirit. There were times when it was truly difficult and hard for us. Normally, I don't reflect on the past a lot, but if it is beneficial for the preaching of the gospel, I sometimes think back once in a while. I also have experienced much hardship myself after coming to believe in this gospel, but my siblings and relatives do not really know this. Because I did not ask them to lend a helping hand or I did not complain about my difficulties, they do not know what I went through. But in reality, I suffered a great deal of hardships. But in the midst of all that, God has poured out many blessings on me and he has helped me to recognise what true faith is all about. Abraham was all alone in this world when he went and followed after the word of God and he eventually became our father of faith. He faced many difficulties on his path of faith. Likewise, I have also experienced such hardships while following the word of God. I am not trying to tell you about the difficulty I experienced, but I want you to know that through faith I received God's blessings. Even my siblings did not really know my hardships and they thought, he's a pastor so he's well off, but actually this was not true. Yes, if there are even ten church members, then the pastor of that church is well off. He is better off than most in a middle class. But I'm in the upper class now. I am able to eat whatever I want to eat, play soccer at least twice a week, have three good meals a day consistently, and I unite my heart with my brothers and sisters as I do the work of God. What else could I be if I'm not upper class? Truly, there probably isn't any other church worker who lives as happily as I do. I eat whatever I want to. I don't eat certain foods because it's just that I can't digest them. If I can digest it, I enjoy everything. There may be some foods that I don't eat because they are harmful for my health, but there isn't anything that I can't eat because I don't have the money. That's good enough. What more should I want? I heard that some entertainer lives in a house that measures over 300 square metres, but I'm not envious of that sort of house. In the future, when we go to heaven, there will be a lot of wide open spaces and I will say, Angel, take me to the soccer field. 
After playing some soccer, I want to play golf. Let's go to the shooting range then. And the person who likes fishing can go fishing. One thing that is definite is that everything that is good on this earth is in heaven and there are many things that are even better than what we find here on earth. I give thanks for the fact that God is doing his work through this church. Through today's scripture passage, we have come to realise that no matter how many difficulties we are facing, we must stay in the church and continue to hold on to our faith. I have a general knowledge about what God will do from here on out and how the state of things in the world will change. In the future, things will become more difficult. It will be hard just to get by and live. But this is what I think. In my heart, I think that when I die, I must possess a faith that meets death bravely. I have a heart that wants to die more bravely, with more courage than when I play soccer. If I will not be able to preach the gospel anymore, I will be able to proclaim the gospel only through my death. Therefore, I will say, You do not even believe in God, and as being nothing more than God's creation made by him, do you despise God and curse him? And so, in this way, I am going to give testimony to the gospel to the very end and die gloriously. I heard that when a volcano erupted suddenly, everyone couldn't escape from the heat and the volcanic ash that led them to death. Because hot air is breathed in, the lungs melt. And so, everyone's death was instantaneous. Do you think that it is easy to die? It is important to die well, and when we pass away and go to heaven, we must go there gloriously. And so, we must secure in our hearts the faith that believes that our God does his work through his church, so we will be used by him to do his work until the very moment we pass away. If we do well, I think the Lord may fulfil all of these things soon. Right now, the country of Israel is hated by everyone in the world. Why is this so? Because the United States and Israel are allies, the focus had been on the United States, but now it has been placed on Israel. Soon, the UN will make a resolution stating, let's destroy and get rid of Israel. We will soon be able to see this. They think that if Israel is eliminated from the face of this earth, everything will be fine. This is because many countries consider Israel to be the stumbling block of world peace. If the Americans heard me say things like this, a huge problem could occur. But I am saying what the Bible says, and I am not saying this in order to oppose America. In the last days, things must be fulfilled according to the word of God, and so Israel will be ostracised. If this happens, you must know that we are truly at the very last days. Before this happens, there will be wars, conflicts, famines and earthquakes, 
but as the affairs of this world head towards the end, the point in time will definitely come when the nation of Israel will perish. The beginning of all destruction is Israel. Israel provides money to those in political power in the United States and puts pressure on them. This is how they do things. And so, the arrow will eventually point back towards Israel. It will be at that time when the Israelites will repent. When the entire world will be against Israel and they will have nowhere else to lean on, then they will trust in the Messiah in the end. The Saviour had already come as their Messiah, but it will be at that time when they finally call upon the name of Jesus. Right now, we are doing the work of translating our books into the Hebrew language and handing them out, and many Jews across the world are reading these books and acknowledging the fact that Jesus is their Saviour. When the Israelites accept the gospel as a nation and believe in the salvation of Jesus, the world will then come to an end. We live each day looking forward to that day and waiting for it. Dear fellow believers, let us not lose heart and be strong as we live out our lives.